This is The Greg Cody Show with Greg Cody. Pardon it. Here's your host, Greg Cody. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so excited about football season. And, and the reason is that there's unpredictability and I am loving it. The Kansas City Chiefs are one and two. Clemson sucks. The <laughs> ACC is wide open other than Alabama. That's true. Everything about football is wide open, and I love it. Well, and Brady. And Brady's still dominant. I mean, I know they did lose, actually. So like, but, yeah, it's one of those things, but you still just think Brady's dominant. I know. That loss, even, you don't, it, that, the, the Rams are so good that you don't actually think less of Brady after that loss. Well, that's true, though, but you made my point. When Brady loses, I mean... There's an unpredictability, an air of unpredictability, which I really love. I enjoy it. I mean, the Miami Hurricanes are two and two, and they're in the ACC. I mean, Clemson's two and two. Uh, North Carolina, which was supposed to be oh, great, but Miami's terrible. Like that, that, we don't need to address that. <laughs> okay. No, there's there's also another like uh, you're wrong though. There is one thing that's very predictable. What's uh, that? The Dolphins still don't have a quarterback. Well, that's true. <laughs> it, it, it's funny because um, like. 15 minutes before we recorded this on Sunday night, uh, I filed my column off the Dolphins game. And my theme was that, look, it doesn't matter whether they beat or lost to Las Vegas in overtime. It doesn't matter. The only thing that matters that that hovers over this entire season is who the hell is Miami's quarterback? It's not Jacoby Brissett. Is it Tua? Might it be Deshaun Watson? I mean, all of these things are in play. And it's, it's just frustrating because their offensive line is so bad that I don't know if that's just the cause for all their problems, but it just doesn't look good. Like the scheme doesn't look exciting. They're running two wildcat plays back to back on the goal line. It's like, that's yeah. the best thing you got back to like, just right. It's just like, I don't know. I mean, I, and, and maybe a good offensive line would fix all these problems and they might be better than we think. But I'm just not seeing an offensive game plan that looks like I didn't think Jacoby Brissett was put in a great spot yesterday. Like, it just doesn't seem like they're not doing anything to help him there. It just seems like a, a blah offense. Well, they they did that in New England as well, where they went to the Wildcat and you're going, what? Why? I mean, if you have an offense you trust and a quarterback you trust and you're at the goal line, you don't play a gadget play. You just ram the ball in. You trust your quarterback. And that's that's this Dolphins offense right now. now. But Brian Flores has shown that he coaches resilient teams. Like, say what you want about the Dolphins, how bad their offense looked. The fact that they were able to drive down the field in those spots, fourth, third, was it fourth and 20, that Gusecki play? Like, this is a res- like the defensive stops they needed at the end. Like, this is a resilient team, and that is cool. No, I have to say, I was um, I was mowing the yard during the the last bit of the the fourth quarter, and you got and we were texting trying to set up the show, and I was like, yeah, because the game's pretty much wrapped up. Mm-mm. And then I finished the yard and I looked down, and they're in overtime. I'm like, oh, okay, now, this is interesting, and and there is something to be said. They took a team, and the Raiders have been regarded as doing pretty well this year so far. We don't know what the hell they are either. No. This, this league is so wacky. We don't, but but they were regarded as doing well, and the Dolphins took them down to the wire. Yeah. How do you uh, mow the lawn? Are you like riding a lawnmower? Are you walking a lawnmower? How's this working? I, I'm walking a mower. I, yeah. it, it's, I, I could get a riding mower, but my yard really isn't big enough to justify it. Are you, are, are you edging it too? Like you're doing the whole kit and caboodle? No edging today, Chris. Hmm. <laughs> no, Yeti's a man of the people. He's not uh, riding a mower. He's pushing a mower. I mean, this guy. Do do on. do lawnmower people look at lawnmower people? Do uh, <laughs> do people who mow lawns look down on people riding mowers? 
I, I don't. If someone were to give me a lawn a riding mower, I would totally take it, even though my yard isn't super big. I feel like that's that that gives off wealth when someone's riding a mower. It does, or or just smarts. You know, <laughs> it just makes more sense. <laughs> I have um, Chris, Christopher. You know who I'm going to refer to, and I won't refer him to by name. But uh, the guy who lives across the street from me, he used to have a riding mower that he would use to to cut a tiny little section of lawn. Like it's just a, like a little tiny mini swale and he would be on a riding mower and it would just always delight me to watch him do that. And now he's given that up and he's gone to a, a you know, a, a walking mower or whatever the hell you call it, not a riding mower. A woolwear. That kind of thing. <laughs> well, at least you didn't let the segment die and transition back. To well, I mean, you know, when you go from football to, to, to walking behind a lawnmower, I mean, there's only certain places to go. But I will say this, um, getting back to what I was talking about, uh, UM, University of Miami Hurricanes beat uh, Central Connecticut High School JV team 69 to nothing. Nice. Repeating so they're a tweet. Back on repeating track. a tweet. Either that, either tweet, either save it for the show. Don't tweet it. And then you actually have done that before where you tweet something. And <laughs> right, we it. all do it. We all do it's it. It's just because that's what you do. You use Twitter as like the testing grounds for it. Let's see if this line's good. <laughs> that's if right. it works, then it's like, all right, I'm going to use it on the show. So I, I don't know why I just threw stones at you because like I do it all the time. And it worked okay. <laughs> but um, no, the big thing with the Dolphins is uh, they don't know about Tua. He's 11, 12 games in. He's injured now. You don't know about Tua. And my whole thing is you got to come out of this season having a conviction in one way or the other. You're behind Tua 100% or you're moving on. There can't be that in-between because the in-between was was that led to seven years of Ryan Tannehill. You can't have that again. Ah, oh, football, though. There's just nothing better <sighs> than laying down. See, Dad, today I was at your house for the start of the 1 o'clock games. Yes. You know, Greg Cody likes to be in the kitchen. He's, like, prepping for his dinner. Well, I was making gumbo, and that's very time-intensive. You, you don't do enough of just plop it on the couch, put your hand in your pants, not in a sexual way, just in a yeah. I'm on the couch kind of way. <laughs> and you just lay there. You eat some Cheetos. You have, you know, a couple couple beverages. Like, you don't do that right. enough, Dad. No, I don't. Uh, well, you actually, have enough beverages in your life. I'm not saying that part. I'm saying, like, the part about laying down watching football. Right. I do have my hand in my pants right now, but we, we won't go into that. Um, no, we... Um, yeah, I mean, I was making gumbo. I couldn't concentrate on the one o'clock games, but the gumbo was fantastic. How'd the gumbo come out? Came out good? Oh my God, it was so good. It was, uh, I can make a gumbo, and, and the whole thing is the roux. I want to do a whole episode on making a good roux. I really do. And um, maybe we'll do that next week. You'll rue the day when you don't. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's good. Yes, I will. Thank you, Yeti. But uh, anyway, shall we get onto the show? Yes. Let's do it. We got a good one today. Some fun combo. Fombo. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Real cream! Hey, cool cats! Tired of suffering from prolonged virginity? 
Want to attract the kittens like a fancy lad? Well, a little dab will do you, and two will do you double. Brill Cream. Guys, put your hands on your tube and squeeze. Brill Cream. Dabbing it. Brill Cream, a little dab will do you. Brill Cream, what's the matter to you? Fancy lad must always look so debonair. Brill Cream, a little dab will do you. Brill Cream, what's the matter to you? All the ladies love a lad with Brill Cream. I really love to watch you look at a screen. You don't show your age more than when you're looking at a screen. Let's start there. That's a good okay. place to start with the podcast. I just right. I was trying to see if your audio was, you know, all set up for this podcast recording and watching you look at Zoom is just where you show you and when you do what you're doing right now, rubbing your face. Those are the two things where you show your age the most. Well, I'm in a weird spot right now with my eyesight. <laughs> I wear glasses, but when I take off my glasses, I see better close. Hmm. So so that's why like whenever I record a cameo or something, I'm not wearing glasses. Half the time I'm on the Levitard show, I'm not wearing glasses. But then if I'm reading from a back in my day, I put my glasses on. Hmm. And what happens is when I'm wearing my glasses, I find when I look up like this, I see a little bit better. You know, so it's weird. But you're right. It is an old man thing. Um, how, how are you? How are you doing psychologically with... Uh... You know, aging. Uh, <laughs> Let's really get into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just turned sixty-seven, and uh, and and even when I say the the number, it seems really old because I've always felt younger than I am. You know, I, I think I've always acted younger, and I, I don't want to dare say I've looked younger because I probably I am looking my age right now. But you've got yourself as acting young. I have myself as acting young. <laughs> yeah. You don't think I do? I mean, you know. I'm a happy-go-lucky guy, you know that kind of thing. You don't like music with your bowling, like, uh, like you know. Oh, that's for sure. Anyone who anyone who doesn't like music with their bowling can't really say that they have like a young. They're young at heart. Oh God, who does like music with their bowling? I mean, I like the young people. No, I want to concentrate on my bowling, like Earl Anthony. In my uh, Thursday night bowling league, uh, we're the young whippersnappers in the league. Man, bowl. I am a little frustrated with this bowling experience because I'm used to playing sports and like being good. Right. And I've entered this bowling realm where these people have been bowling their entire lives and it's like my second season ever bowling and it's just, I'm not as good as them. And I'm like, you know, the people I'm looking at, they don't look like people that I expect to be better at me at something. Right. Well, that's the thing about... I'm sure they say the same thing about me. I'm not saying I look like some great athlete. I'm just saying like literally this like 78-year-old lady, Donna, is like kicking my ass. <laughs> and I'm just like not... Ex like, you know, if I would see her in a gas station, I wouldn't say that lady would destroy me in something athletically. Right. But she is. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the beauty of bowling. That's one thing I love about bowling. I love sports where you can be old and still pretty good at it. That's why I love golf. Right. You know, I don't hit the ball a ton, but I can still compete and, you know, play a round of golf with you and uh, not embarrass myself. But, but what I was getting at was that we're, uh, we like to bring a, a speaker because they don't play music because you know how like at night in bowling alley, sometimes it's music, not in leagues. Right. There's not even music playing at all. Like, you know, like waiting room music, there's no music. So, Thank we've God. got our own Bluetooth speaker and we've made our own 
music and it has ruffled some feathers in the bowling community they're like oh they must hate you it's like what do you need this isn't golf like why can't there be music playing like uh are you kidding me and you know my friend you know alex benson he is not one to be told what to do so when he when he gets told to turn it down he turns it up so uh we're not exactly the most popular team but uh we're a fun team to play but if you if you're you know, a, a bowling stiff, then you don't exactly like our style. Well, if if I'm in a league bowling next to four young punks who have a Bluetooth speaker blaring music in an otherwise silent bowling alley. Youngs. I, yeah, I go to the uh, manager and file an official complaint. You do kind of look like the type of person like that's been bowling in a league for 30 years. Like, like right. the demographic <laughs> that I'm describing when I'm saying that, like, I, I can't believe the people that are like beating me. It's you. Yeah, thank you. I mean, do people, uh, God, I haven't bowled. You know, the last time your mother and I bowled in a league before you were born. So it's been like 35 plus years since I've bowled in a league. But do they still have beer frames? Well, the beer, well, we do, sh- the, the way we do it is shots frames is if, uh, if everybody gets a strike except one person on our team, then that person has to buy a round of shots. Wow. We, we do, we, is that, would, would you guys do that like a round of beers? That person has to. Yeah, right. It's kind of like striking out in softball, like men's softball. Like, yeah, generally, if you were the worst one in the frame, uh, you had to buy the pitcher. The worst one, so just every frame. Well, it was if it was a beer frame, you had one beer frame a game. Oh, okay, I like that idea of just yeah. this is the frame, right? And so if three people uh, had a spare or a strike, and you had an open frame with an eight, uh, you were huffing over to the counter, okay, and uh, and paying for a. I like that picking is uh, yeah, I like that. I like that. Yeah, and you make it a different frame every game. Sometimes it's the first frame. Sometimes it's the seventh frame. It's rarely the tenth frame because by then the game's ending and blah blah blah. You know, but uh, no, you can't. Uh, you can't have music. The, the whole Bluetooth idea in a bowling alley is uh, oh, is just awful. It's fantastic. No, it's awful, and it doesn't surprise me that Alex is the one who, if he gets stared at, he's going to do nothing but turn it up because he's the one who caused that brouhaha in PFPI fantasy that we talked about last week, which I don't want to oh, rehash. Yeah. A brouhaha that was, you know, good, clean fantasy fun. Yeah, well, you know, it's um, I'm a little bit upset because I I just want to get right to this. Um, I'm talking to the son who just stole four hundred and sixty five dollars from his father. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to put that out there. I mean, stole is, you know, reckless. Really? No, I don't think so. It's fake news. Fake news. No, what happened was uh, some of you who were listening to the Levitard show this week, may know it, but I won big in the bucket of death or the grid of death, whatever the hell it's called. I reached into the bucket and I pulled out. It, it's like the, the equivalent of the uh, free parking, um, you know, boatload of money in Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And I got, it astounded me. They gave me $465. Look at you. There was a $100 bill. There was a wad of 20s. I couldn't believe it. I thought this, I was going to... And this comes after working free for a handful of months. So it was it was fitting. Yes. It was like serendipity. It was like it made me... Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I hadn't believed in God, it would have made me believe in God. The idea that I've been working for free, and now I hit the lottery, 
and get $465 from the Levitard show out of nowhere, out of the heavens. And then the next day, I find out that I wasn't there to witness it, but supposedly Christopher reached his hand into the bucket and essentially pulled out the one helmet that allows him to steal my money. Yeah, you should have gone out to the when We would have had a real controversy on our hands if you had like gone out to the club and like spent it all the night you got it. <laughs> the club. I love that. <laughs> I mean, you're a young whippersnapper. I mean, it seems like something you would do. It is. I go to the club. Yeah, all the time. Look, I mean, dad, it's it's like I'm pretty sure that seg- in my segment's probably on YouTube. Like it was like, you know, everyone's around there. You, you think everyone's conspiring so like I can get paid? Like, you know, like Yeah, but the point is it's a ridiculous rule. The idea I mean, can, look, uh, I'm going to use an example, okay? I hit the lottery. I have the winning lottery ticket and I'm taking it to exchange that ticket for my windfall of money. And they tell me that, oh, I'm sorry, sir. Someone else got a a super ticket that usurps your ticket. So you thought you won the lottery, but you didn't. Oh, I'm sorry that a game in which we're picking helmets out of a bucket that we call the bucket of death has ridiculous rules in which someone is dressed as a reaper. I mean, someone is the reaper. Sorry, I don't know if I'm spoiler alert. Uh-oh. Um, I mean, like, what do you expect? Of course, there's ridiculous rules. Winning is winning. Like, you know, that's part of it. A swap helmet is is a funny thing. Like we we all got a good laugh. I know it stinks for you. Yes, it does. But the, the idea of the swap, think about everybody else's perspective on this. That's funny. You got a lot of money, real happy about it, and then you lose it. Ah, that's funny. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm on a cruise ship. Uh, I'm, uh, my ass is in front of a, a slot machine. Uh, I, yeah, but the cruise ship isn't trying to create content for people. I press the right button because I don't pull. I don't bother pulling the arm. I just press the button. It's quicker. And and all of the cherries and the things align. The lights go off because I'm a big winner. Okay, I've just won X number of hundreds of dollars. Let's call it a thousand on the cruise ship. And the manager. Of the casino. God, this is such a belabored point. I get it. Someone comes up and takes away the prize. The manager of the casino is coming over, but instead of giving me my $1,000, what does he tell me? Let me guess. You don't get it. Exactly. I mean, who could have seen that coming? Dad, I mean, just get over it. Okay, is that fair? No, it's not fair. Thank you. Like, like, The cruise ship is not trying to create content. Content, schmontent. Ridiculous. All right, I'm going to get over it. And I will say this. if, If the money had to leave my pocket, I am glad it at least stayed in the family even though I have no doubt that you're going to like plunge all $465 into bets. I already bought the dip with crypto. Did you? What does that mean, crypto? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Because <laughs> crypto is like, you know, like a Bitcoin and ETH are down a little bit this week. So, uh, okay. You know, buying, buying the dip is when you buy, when you believe in something long term, when, when, it, when it goes down, you uh, put a little more money into it just to make the eventual come up, uh, you know, more lucrative. When, when you said buying the dip, I literally thought, you were buying like chip dip, like, you know, sour cream and onion or something like that. People would have thought I was maybe buying like chewing tobacco. Like you just went to, but I guess when like I'm a food guy, so you think more dip, what's, what's your favorite dip? Uh, sour cream and onion. I really love, um, I like blue cheese, but I'm not sure if that's called a dip or not. Wait, sour cream and onion. Is it, isn't that a, isn't that a, a flavor of chip? Um, it's a dip. You're thinking about onion dip? Like onion dip. It's onion dip. You said sour cream and onion dip. Yeah, onion dip I love. Yeah, I love onion dip. Uh, <laughs> I love blue cheese. Uh, I loathe ranch. I think ranch should be wiped off the face of the earth. But um, Well, that's that's a bit extreme. Is it? What about people that like ranch? I hate people who like ranch. No, I'm just kidding. Well, I think Miller Lite should be removed from the earth. How do you feel? Why is that? 
Well, because I don't like it. Okay. Well, uh, you know what? I'm going to let ranch live. I'll let ranch live. But but people who brag about ranch, that is one of my pet peeves. I will say that. People who brag about ranch, it's ridiculous. You have a lot of pet peeves. I do. I have a menagerie of pet peeves. A what? I'm always looking to compare. Like are you having a threesome with pet peeves? <laughs> I, I always, um, I collect pet peeves, honestly. Like some people collect baseball cards. Um, Cause <laughs> I'm a, always. That's a, that's a funny visual of like somebody collecting pet peeves. <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to uh, always compare my, my pet peeves are always better than other people's to be honest with you. Cause people, I, I just read uh, something online. Uh, it's a place called um, bestlifeonline.com. And they they came up with a list of the top 10 pet peeves. I thought the list was pretty lame, but maybe you think it's a great list. I, I want to read it real quick from 10 to from 10 to one. Um, number 10, um, loaning someone, lending someone something and they never return it. That's valid. Is it valid? I mean, everyone has that friend that's like, like, you know, owes them a bunch of money for this or that. Always ask, right. hey, can I borrow a dollar here? And then never pays it back. Like, yeah, you don't 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 be that guy. Joey Costanzo. Uh oh. See, I'm the kind of guy who really never loans anything to anyone and is never and is never is never asked to loan anyone. You don't give uh, off like, oh that guy that guy will help me out. <laughs> Thank you. What a compliment. Good lord. Like if um, I was like if I was a homeless guy and I'm like walking by the cars and you know, I feel like sometimes they can sense weakness in people and those are the people they really give the eyes to. Right. I bet they don't even look at you. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. We were uh I was driving to breakfast to meet you uh, for breakfast this morning. And uh, there was that situation where you come to a stop sign and some guy's carrying a, a little sign. And the the woman in the car next to me gives him uh, paper money. And quite frankly, I couldn't tell, but it looked like it might have been a five. Might have been a five. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I'm over there uh, pretending to stare into my phone. <laughs> right. You know, just trying to actively ignore this guy. I'm sorry, but. Wow, you know, you see these guys on every single street corner. You can't give to everybody. Just to, to see, to, to think that shortly after that interaction, I got to see the way you treated our waitress. It was just a banner hour for you in terms of like being a decent human being. I am a decent human being, and <laughs> I, I don't want to get started on the waitress because um, it was bad service. <laughs> let's just finish the pet peeves things. Maybe we'll come back to that. Like, let's just, Scott. We don't need to have this debate again. Yeah, because bad service in a restaurant is absolutely a pet peeve, but. Okay, that was number 10. Number nine, uh, backhanded compliments hmm. is a pet peeve of this list. What is this, like passive aggressiveness kind of thing? I don't know what that would mean. I guess a backhanded compliment would be if somebody said to me, you know, you look pretty good for a really old guy. Right. I guess that would be a backhanded compliment. You don't look that old today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, number eight. That's a lame one. Tailgaters. Now, I tend to be a tailgater. Right. So, I mean, I love getting there before a game. I don't see what's so wrong with that. As long as I have a designated driver, okay. I don't see what the problem is. Like, why are you mad at me? Because I want to get to the game early. Okay. I think we're, we're on the wrong tailgate here, but uh, that's, that's a valid point by you. Oh. Number seven, having a big job dropped in your lap at the end of a work day or end of a work week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can sort of relate to that too. I mean, who can't? Like, who, who would be a big fan of that? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's like it's like an obvious thing, right? Number six. This is a crazy one. Number six: spitting on the sidewalk. Hmm. What, nah, that's outside. I'm okay with it. Don't spit like don't spit on a basketball court. Don't spit. You know, obviously, like you don't spit on someone's driveway. 
but like a sidewalk what's wrong with that I, i'm okay with that well the other thing is unless you're walking around barefoot on a sidewalk your the bottom of your shoe doesn't care whether it steps on spit and it's on me to see the spit and avoid stepping on it that's right uh number five is a good one except that i do it crowding the airport gate yeah you do yeah i mean if, if i'm you know group six uh, man, as soon as group two gets up, I'm, I'm going to be up there jockeying for position. You're just generally impatient. So like, that's just like a sign of it. Yeah. Oh, impatience is, is my worst quality. You're also the guy that stands up in the middle of the aisle, right? When we like, right when the, the fastened seatbelt light goes off, when you right. are at the terminal, you stand up and assert your position to make sure no one behind you gets by. I love doing that. That's, that's my favorite thing about flying is being the first one up. I spring up. You stand up and you plant your arm across the aisle on one of the other chairs. Yes. It's kind of just like, you shall not pass. That's right. I sit bolt upright. I spring. I take off that seatbelt and I spring. I catapult from my chair. It's the fastest you ever move. Yeah, it could be. Number four, trying to find things in someone else's kitchen. Hmm. I can sort of relate to that. I don't think it's a real annoyance. To me, if it's a pet peeve, it has to be something that really annoys you. If I'm in somebody else's kitchen and I can't find the knife, I just say, hey, buddy, where's your knife? Yeah, like the people are always there. Like what scenario, what an odd scenario where I'm alone in someone else's kitchen. Right. Like generally, if it's like, if it's like, hey, get us two cups of water, they're like that. It's that cabinet right there. Like, you know, that was a dumb one. Number three, delivery food that spills in the bag. I don't, you know, that doesn't bother me. Yeah. I, I generally, in my experience, the things that are spillable, these restaurants have a nice secure way of, you know, fastening them. Like McDonald's is great with having like a, the drinks in the bag. Like they have these like in bag cup holders. So like your food comes in two bags. One has their food in it and the other bag has the drinks in it. Very secure with this little thing in it that holds it. Like these restaurants are up to date with uh, keeping things from spilling. Yeah. Ray Kroc had that covered. He foresaw all that. Mm-hmm. But the thing that annoys me in that realm is when they put the bag right in front of the door so that you literally cannot open your door without like moving the bag with the door. Yeah. Um, number two. That is, that is annoying. Yes. And, and obviously they do that intentionally. They have to. Whoever's delivering. It's not happenstance. <laughs> why, would they, why, why would they do that intentionally? <laughs> because how can they not? I mean, you, you see a door, you know, you see the crack in the door means this is where it's going to open. See, this is like you. This is like kind of we can get this is like foreshadowing in the conversation we're going to have a little bit with the whole waitress thing. This is you taking personal something that's just like, no, they just made a mistake. Like, you know, the waitress doesn't hate you. She's just like she might just had a lot of tables and she forgot about your coffee. Right. She doesn't hate you. This isn't about you. Doesn't read like a mistake. <clears throat> Pardon me. Number two is a good one. Number two is sidewalk hogs. Um, and I would equate that to grocery aisle hogs. There's a, it's a huge pet peeve of mine when I'm going down a grocery aisle and the cart in front of me is parked mm. right in the middle of the aisle while the person... At like an angle. I like an angle. Yes. Yeah. And those aisles are meant to be too cart aisles. I'm with that. And, and it's the same way with a sidewalk hog where, you know, you got a group of three people all walking elbow to elbow, literally dominating the sidewalk so that you have to like do handsprings and cartwheels just to get past them. What, what's your strategy when you see this cart at an angle in the middle of the aisle and like the person's five feet away from their cart, like looking at all the pastas, like what kind of pasta do I want tonight? Yeah, exactly. Do you, will you like nudge your cart into the cart to push by or will you like physically grab the front of their cart and move it? Or will you just kind of like, um, mm, and like stand there awkwardly stopped <laughs> yeah. until they like notice you? It, it totally depends on my mood. 
But generally speaking, I will just... I picture you barreling into it. I will just very quietly move their cart for them. I will do what they should have done themselves. With your cart? Because I feel like that's a difference. I'll use my hand. Okay. So you're doing the more polite way. I've got, I had you bumper car style, like getting it out of there. <laughs> In a certain mood, <laughs> I would not put that. Like loudly. So they hear it right. and you like huff and puff by them. And then they're like, why are you so serious? Like, right. Why are you so angry? And you're like. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was one time, I swear. Here we go. There was one mm-hmm. time when I was in a must have been in a particularly bad mood. And as I move past after moving their cart, as I move past this woman, I do mutter under my breath meant to be two lanes. And then that that literally makes her think you have dementia. And you're just like <laughs> talking about something like meant to have two lanes has to do, has to do with traffic. <laughs> like, you know, like we're, we're in a store right now. Why is he talking about? traffic? <laughs> God, I enjoyed that. All right. That was number two. Uh, number one. This is a pretty lame one. People who have to one up your story. Uh, one uppers are a thing. Michael's kind of a one upper. Michael, my brother. Yeah. Like, give me an example of that. Cause I can't really picture what's meant by that. It's just somebody that like when you're, when you have the floor and you're telling a story or a funny tidbit about something, they're like, yeah, actually I had one time and it's like, always like, like they have to do something a little better. It's, okay. just, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Like if somebody says I climb Mount Everest, you go, I climb Mount Everest barefoot, you know, something like that. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. That 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 thing that you said before, like like the, going back to number two, when you walked by that lady in the store and you muttered like two lanes meant to be two lanes, right? That's the way that sometimes down South Beach. Uh, have you ever has this, has this ever happened to you? Like where you're walking by somebody on South Beach and like as you walk by them, they're like weed, coke, and they try to like offer you drugs. <laughs> no. I guess you don't give off guy that looks like he wants to buy drugs. Maybe I do. No. But like we've talked about it. Billy Corbin recently in recent weeks joked about walking into the studio and like on the way in, he's like, oh, I was just offered weed outside. Like, cause like a lot of people on South Beach are like, you know, trying to, sl- cause there's a lot of tourists. So like right. people are walking around trying to sell weed and, you know, other stuff sometimes. And right. it's, it's, it's just that type of place where that has happened to me. Like I'd say in the, in the seven or eight years I've worked on South Beach, is it, is it more than that now? How long have I worked on South Beach? Whatever. It's happened to me dozens of times of where someone's walking by weed, got that fire. <laughs> like I've heard every different way to say weed, you know. Got that flame. Got that fire. What does that mean? Oh, God, you're so old. It's just like, you know, people call good marijuana fire. Like, oh, okay. Huh? I got that fire. Yeah, who knew that? Young people. Um, that used to happen to me when I was young. Like, when I was in college, that used to happen to me now. What it, was the way they would say it back in the day? Dime bag. Yeah, something like that. Right, dime bag. That's exactly <laughs> right. You know, now if somebody murmurs something to me on um, South Beach, it's probably uh, Miller Lite, Coca-Cola, something like that. <laughs> Um, as opposed to Coke and offering me a Coca-Cola, but um, give, give me one or two of your pet peeves that are better than the ones on that list. Cause I have a couple. Um, I guess I should have been thinking about that while you were talking. Um, I can go first if you well, want. No, I mean, I, I mean, I'm I, the only time I really, you know, get to get places emotionally where I'm not uh, feeling good about my reaction. Like the only time I can get too emotional, I think is on the road. Like I generally don't give a shit about things, but some for some reason, and this is the one. It happened to me. It's funny. It happened to me on the way home from breakfast today. Right. If it's a red, if it's a right turn lane, and it's a red light, and somebody is just sitting at that line, like like it hasn't dawned on them that this is a right turn lane, and you can make a right turn right now. Yes. And then I just and then I just give a little beep. Right. And then as soon as you do that, it, there's just like epiphany. Right. It's just like oh wait, yeah, I can do this, and then they go. 
It's just like, what did you forget? Yeah. Like, what, what happened there? Were you just zoned out? Are you listening to a good podcast? And you're just like so entranced that you can't figure, like, right. it's so baffling to me. And the slightest honk always gives them this epiphany. Like, oh, of course I should be going. Like, if it's just an old person and then I honk and they don't go, that doesn't bother me as much as the epiphany honk. When it's just like, you honk and it's just like, oh, oh my bad. Right. It's like, why weren't you doing this from the first place? It's like gacky. I'm totally with you. Like that, that is the only time, like, like that is, the, that is what will get me in my car. Like, come on. Right, right. Where I'm like flailing <laughs> and I'm like, you know, like, I'm like, what is, and then I'm driving by them and I'm like very vigorously shaking my head. Like, <laughs> yes. When you that get to, really, that's it. Those are, like, that's really the only time that happens. I'll tell you, when you get to flailing, physically flailing and shaking your head, that's my boy. Go. Come on. Exactly. Right. Although you got to wait, you got to admit. When people are listening to the Greg Cody Show podcast, they get immersed. They get enthralled. They forget that they're at a, a, a right-hand lane, and they need that little tap, that little gentle tap. I doubt that 72-year-old woman was listening to the Greg Cody Show. Oh, yeah. We have, an, we have an older demographic as well as the decal crowd, which are all young people. You know what I hate? This is a real pet peeve of mine. <laughs> you have the decal crowd being young people? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see them. Um <laughs> I, I hate people who misuse the word literally. You know, that goes without saying. I mean, you'll hear somebody say, I literally died with laughter. That was so funny. You know what I mean? Because they, they didn't really die. Because they didn't really they didn't die. Like yeah. I, I hate unprepared customers. When you're in line at a Dunkin' Donuts behind five other people, and the person right in front of you has literally, has literally had five minutes to I think of you just used literally, but, but now I'm, I mean it, <laughs> they've literally had five minutes to think about what they're going to order. But when they get up there, they're like, Hmm, let me see. And then they say to the other person, what do you want? What do you, like, I feel like that. I feel like that's just such a stereotypical pet peeve. I don't, people don't do that. Oh, they do. When's the last time, when's the last time you were at a restaurant and, and like you got to the front of the line and, and the person in front of you like did that? Like, how would you know if they did that? Yeah. You're not listening to them at the counter. You're standing behind them in line. I'm standing behind people who had five minutes. I know how long the line is. They've had five minutes to know what their order is going to be. And then they get up there and they're still not sure. Hmm. And they don't have their money ready either. They don't have their credit card ready. They got to fish around into their pocket and it's crazy. I feel like you're just saying something that in theory would annoy you that you never encounter in your life. I do encounter it. You have to trust. Respect (laughs) the pave. Respect the peeve. Okay. Because this is something that's real to me. Uh, I also hate people who uh, um, do not get creative with their memes. And every meme, I, every other meme I see on social media is is Steve Carell from The Office. It's a Steve Carell meme. People, you got to get a little more creative. I'm tired of the Steve Carell memes. Am I wrong about that? Office memes, office memes are pretty played out. I will agree with you on that. Yes. Like you said at the beginning of this episode or whenever we started this conversation that you collect pet peeves. And I am really sensing that. It looks like you looked at a list of of top pet peeves and that's where you've gotten these from like i don't actually think that the office thing annoys you that much oh it you know what <laughs> it totally does no that one i actually believe the other one i know you're faking it you've never seen anyone take forever to pay in front of you or not know what they want to order god i wish i could uh, prove you wrong as we sit here on zoom i can't obviously but you have to trust me that it happens all the time people are not prepared once they get up there to order it's ridiculous um all right get off your chest uh me at at breakfast this morning and then i want to move on i mean you're you just you know i like the way i described 
you know, bad driving and someone at a red light, like getting me just to a point of like rage, rage filled emotion, right? Less than par service at a restaurant. Is that for you? I mean, granted, you have a few of these things, you know, any stress, you know, traveling when you're running late, when your hair gets wet, when it's raining, you have all, a lot of things that send you to this point. Mine's only when someone at a red light sits, but okay. one of the things that gets you to this point is waiters and waitresses giving bad or less than good service. Thank you. And you just like today, like you asked for a coffee refill. Granted, you'd had seven coffee cups of coffee by like 11 a.m. when we were eating. So I wasn't feeling too bad for you. Wasn't feeling too bad for you on that front. All right. But you asked for an extra cup of coffee. She disappeared for like 15 minutes. At least. And we were ready for a check at this point. And she came back and you were just like, never got any coffee. Right. You didn't say it that nice, you know. But the point is... You were right that it was poor service. She took way longer than it, it should have to get you that, that coffee refill. But my point was, is it wasn't personal. It didn't, it doesn't, like, she doesn't need, you know, uh, like to be snipped at by you to like really get hammered home. I didn't do my job. Like, you know, like it's just, just, just eat it. It's not like it, Let it's me not worth it to be a jerk. Okay. Allow me to retort. First of all, I don't take it personally. I take it professionally. Her job is to provide uh, reasonable service. Um, I want to start by saying, and you'll agree with me, the coffee cups were the size of thimbles. So I oh, finished. Christ. Again, so I fin- <laughs> they were just no, they were really small. Cups. They weren't big. They weren't big, but they were really small. They were not Cuban coffee cups. That's the, what you're describing. Yeah, but they were like six ounces. I mean, they were really extraordinarily small cups. It was probably 10 times the size of a Cuban coffee cup. Okay. Was. So bottom line, I finished my coffee in short order in a minute and a half or whatever, because I'm I'm chug-a-lugging, you know, like right. Roger Miller. Cup number six of the day. Well, maybe. But the point is, I asked for another cup. Right. And then she doesn't that, bring it. So, I ask a waitress for another cup and a different waitress. This is and- not about that. We're, I'm, I, I, that. I acknowledged to you that you were in the right. You received poor service. Okay. The, 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 the debate is how you treat a waitress or a waiter when they- I treated her fine. Dad. No, no. Let me tell this story because I don't- Look, people get real mad at me if they think I'm disrespecting um, people like waiters and waitresses. And I don't. I have great respect for the job they do. And if they provide me great service, I show it in the tip. In this case, um, when the waitress finally came back toward the end of our meal, as we're looking for the check, she said, is everything all right or whatever she said? And I said, well, I did ask for more coffee about 15 minutes ago. That's exactly what I said. You said it with rage. I did not say it with rage. Obviously, I know. Okay. Obviously, like when I'm joking, rage you said it like you were really annoyed. Yeah, and I was. You didn't like, you know, and then you you were a shrapnel for complaints, and you started complaining about your bacon that you had you had like you left one little piece of bacon, and you're like, my bacon was undercooked, right. and you like pointed at like you had eaten all six other pieces of bacon. Right. You can't be the guy that complains about the food after you've eaten it. Love me some bacon. You just became a shrapnel. You, you came out. You were a shrapnel of complaints. Oh, you're I like I asked for, you're like I asked for coffee f- more than 15 minutes ago, and my bacon was undercooked as like your your plate is like completely empty. Right. You're portraying me to be a little bit meaner than I was. Okay. Uh, I still ended up li- li- uh, leaving a 20% tip when I ordinarily might have left a 30% tip. Because I shamed you. No, you didn't shame me. I, I don't do anything unless I... <laughs> feel like doing it. I, I left her a decent tip, uh, but you know, you and I have a disagreement. If I have poor service, I'm going to find a way, whether it's in the tip or in a comment to let people know, honestly, the service wasn't that great today or my bacon was undercooked. I'm just not going to eat it. I'm not going to swallow it. And, and, and you did eat it though. 
You literally ate it, and then you complained about it. Most most of the bacon. <laughs> I ate what was good. And I asked for extra crispy bacon, by the way, which I always do. See, the, see the debate here, here's because actually, because like if, if, if it was just like a courtroom and like someone was dictating everything you said, nothing you said was inappropriate. Right. It was just the fact that you have smoke coming out of your ears and you let yourself get to this worked up, like, I cannot, can you believe this? It's been, it's, look at, it's been 50, it's just like, dad, relax. I know. That's the part that it's just like, you get this, like, as if somebody is like, you know, harming your children. You like have this like anger. Like I am like, this is not right. I can't sit back and be silent. I need to let her know how angry I am about this. And it's just like, no, you don't. I may or may not have anger issues. Um, I, I know I have impatience issues. I, I acknowledge that. I need to just get my camera out next time and just videotape you and just see you like you're fidgeting and your smoke's coming out of your ears. Like, you know what? Like, I'm not a perfect man. I'm really not. A lot of people might think I am. I'm really not a perfect man at all um man all right i want to i want to move away from whatever the hell we've been talking about (laughs) um yesterday uh sunday was the fifth anniversary uh of the morning the terrible morning when south florida woke up to the news that jose fernandez the marlins young ace pitcher had died tragically overnight in a boating accident that killed two other people I want to tell you why the Miami Marlins are so mad at me for the um, Jose anniversary column that I wrote that you can read online if you wish. But first, um, I want to get your reaction because I don't have a distinct memory of this, but I think you may have told me either in a text or a phone call. You may have broken the news to me before I heard it. Uh, Recall that for me. Yeah, no, I was I remember it. Like it was yesterday. It was a Sunday morning because I was going to the Dolphins game. So was I. They played, I believe they played the Browns. Yes, they did. That day. It was a a friend of mine who's from Cleveland. It it was going to be his like, uh, they were having like their, their equivalent of their bachelor party was the tailgate. So like, it was one of those things where like, if it was a normal Dolphins game after hearing that news, I might've even not even gone. Right. But like, we were all committed and was a group of our friends. And I remember we were just at this tailgate, just like. It was like a funeral. Like we were, we were drinking, but we weren't playing any games. We were just like sitting around, just like, is this real? Could this be real? But to the more, like to your point of when I, like it was 7 a.m. and I am on Twitter and I just see this. And it was from like a reporter down here. I wasn't positive. And then it was as it started to gain traction, I was like, oh my God, this is real. And I like yeah. texted you and my, a couple other friends and everyone was like, it was, so, it's, it was, hard, it's, it's hard to expl- put into words. It was just an unforgettable feeling of getting that news. Right. And, and he was so young. He, he would today still be only 29 and theoretically still in his prime. And he was great. I mean, his, his early career was on a, a Hall of Fame trajectory. I mean, he had, and I'm not exaggerating. That's not hyperbole. Oh, he had so a, good. So he good. had like a 38 and 16 record for a bad team for bad teams, like a 2.5 ERA, a million more strikeouts than innings. I mean, he was just the best. And, um, you know, his passing is it, he leaves a complicated legacy. You know, he as I wrote, he's uh, he was uh, closer to a perfect pitcher than a, a perfect man. I mean, but I, I and I get the Marlins, you know, wanting to distance themselves from David Sampson as much as possible. But when you're writing the Jose Fernandez story. David Sampson, I believe, was as close to anybody yeah. with Jose Fernandez from that Marlins regime. So, right, writing that story and talking to David Sampson, like I don't, I don't, I don't really understand. Right. Like that makes a lot of sense. 
Well, the Marlins, uh, the the current Derek Jeter Marlins hate that uh, the media gives David Sampson any sort of platform. And in in my case, I called him just to recall uh, Jose, who he was very, very close to and thinks about every day. Uh, But then in the conversation, he volunteered that he thinks the Derek Jeter regime has pretty much worked to erase uh, Jose's legacy from the Marlins, uh, starting with the fact that uh, the, the statue didn't happen. And um, and that's what they don't like, the idea that uh, uh, that, that he would be quoted saying that. And um, well, those are strong words. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I feel like a, I feel like a mediator. It's like I see why they're a little upset with that. <laughs> OK, and that's fair. And in, in fairness to the whole idea of why the statue didn't happen. Um, it is a complicated legacy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, there's so much wonderful to remember about Jose Fernandez, except the way it ended. Uh, you know, he was uh, the toxicology reports found that he was legally drunk. He had cocaine in his system. I mean, he I, I don't think it's I think, though, he's a flawed guy. We're all flawed. Right. I, I just feel like, you know, we don't need like, you know, like he, everyone knows that story. Like, I get it. I think five years later, it's important to not sugarcoat his legacy. That's all. I mean, I think I think we we remember him fondly as a as a wonderful pitcher, but you know he also contributed to his own demise and and the death of a couple other guys. I mean, I don't think we want to ignore that either. And David Sampson said the same thing to me. He said that the way it ended is part of the story, but it's not the whole story, and that's a hundred percent truthfully um, truth. And and you know the whole story is that this was a Miami guy. This guy represented Cuban Miami. Uh, he, he came here uh, to freedom. Uh, he worked his way over here. He spent time in Cuban jails when he was 15 because he was caught trying to defect. Um, he was the quintessential Miami story and, uh, and until it ended tragically. And, and I just think it's worth remembering five years later, the entirety of, of the story. Man, he was so good. Oh, He was going to be so good for so long. Yes. And, oh. and one thing uh, David Sampson and I were talking about is that part of the fun of, of watching Jose was on days he wasn't pitching. Yes. When his hands were over the rail in the yep. dugout mm-hmm. and he was smiling and there was nobody into the game more. There was nobody. He's a great teammate. Yeah. Nobody cheerleading his teammates more. Uh, that smile of his. And, and it, it's just nobody like he enjoyed to hit as much as any pitcher. You watched him up there like he was thoroughly enjoying batting. Yeah. Yeah. He was so, so wonderful. Getting fired up after strikeouts, walking off the mound, but doing it in a way that the other, that the batter would be laughing, like not laughing, but smiling at him instead of like hating him. Like it was like he gave off this exuberance. Jazz Chisholm actually has a little of that. That, Did you see what happened to him last week? Um, He hit a home run and then he has this thing where his thing, because you know, every batter has their little flair, what they do somewhere when they're rounding the bases. Sometimes it's with the third base coach. Sometimes it's at home plate and he does like a Euro step. Like as soon as he's about to get to home plate, he does like a basketball style Euro step and then steps on home, right? which is fun and playful. And then the Nationals, I guess his next at bat, this pitcher for the Nationals, Josh Rogers, I believe, strikes him out swinging for the third out of the inning. And as Josh Rogers is walking off the mound, he does like a Euro step like back to the dugout. And it's one of those things where LeBron James retweets that and is like, this is just, this That's is great. what sports is all about. Perfect. And it's just like, it's good if baseball can get to that point where the players can show their personalities, but it's not taken as like this sign of disrespect. It's more just like, all right, I'll get you back. Like when I strike you out, I'm going to give it right back to you. And I just think that Jose was that quintessential, like was the quintessential of that, you know, although he did have his issues, I think with Brian McCann a couple times when he pimped a home run or something. But other than that, I think 
players in the league liked Jose Fernandez. And I just think I wish all baseball players were like that Jose Fernandez. Jose, baseball would be so much more popular if it was. Yeah, for sure. And uh, RIP Jose. Uh, that's for sure. Um, as as Greg Cody rubs his face like an old person. That's another thing you do that like just really makes you look old. Well, who doesn't rub their face? Dad, it's one thing to just like I rub my nose, boom, done. But you do this thing with both your hands where you like, right? You just caress the yes. parts of your eyes for like <laughs> ten seconds, and it's just like, Ugh. oh god, I love doing that. I, I challenge people, people listening to this right now. Don't you do that? Show right now. Get, give it to the Zoom. Show the Zoom. I mean, this is. Just I start way up in the forehead. I go down to my eyes, the cheeks, the nose. I mean, it's just fantastic. Oh, Jesus. Just, a, a screenshot there of you right there was just terrifying. It feels great. It really does. Um, uh, I, I, I want to mention something else here before we move on. Might be the weirdest bit we've done in the history of this podcast of just spending 15 seconds just rubbing your face and describing it for the audience. And man, did it feel good. Man, did it feel good. All right. This is getting creepy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Netflix is bringing back Tiger King. They're, uh, there's, yes. <laughs> oh, God. That's great news. They put out the trailer for a Tiger King too. I liked the original Tiger King. Although what's it, it going to be though? Is it just going to be like an update? Because isn't what's his name in jail? Yes. See, that's what I don't understand. Um, Joe Exotic is in jail. Mm-hmm. And, and Carol Baskin, the star, other than Joe Exotic, Carol Baskin wants nothing to do with this remake. Right. You know, she calls it a betrayal. Um, so I don't know what it's going to be. If you don't have this any... Gonna, I feel like this is going to be that's the same thing as they did like midway. Th- Remember the pandemic started and Tiger King was the most popular thing in the world. Right. And then a few months later, they're like, Tiger King, the exclusive. And it was just a sad Zoom with somebody. I think it was like the guy that used to be on the E! Channel just like interviewing them. And it was just, it was something you could just tell they were like, let's get everyone back under the tent, even though they didn't really have much else to give us. I'm fearing that this might be that of the, like, let's just put, let's just call it Tiger King two. We know a hundred million people will show up and it, whether it's good or not, like if, if it's going to be what Tiger King one was, obviously I'm in, but I am skeptical that this is just another grab for all that audience. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's a total grab just for the sake of content, because when you have one star of the show, in jail and sort of unavailable and the other star of the show going i hate this it shouldn't even be happening it's a betrayal (laughs) it's just going to be doc antle it's just going to be the guy with like the big ligers that one creepy dude with the white hair that's just like he walks in riding his elephant right it's just gonna be that guy exactly what what you're doing is you're you're propping up a corpse on a marionette and just trying to eek you know beating a dead horse and and trying to eek the the least bit of content from something that's already been done so well we i mean we are on the greg cody show with greg cody so well well, what about what's your point it's hard for us to judge anyone else's content that's that's fair okay I'll, I'll, i'll go along with that by the way we have uh, episode two of the Hard Knocks Greg's Lobos series, which is going to be fantastic because the Lobos are coming off a huge victory, like a nice. franchise defining victory. Why is it franchise defining that you're just one and one now, right? We're one. It's a big win. We're one and one. Uh, you know, they say the biggest win in football is the one that keeps you from being 0 and 2. And man, the Lobos, uh, the Lobos get behind that statement. In fact, I made up that statement, um, <laughs> but it's so true. All right, let's get to it now. Hard Knocks, Greg's Lobos, Episode 2. Tuesday morning, 5.44 a.m., Greg Cody's house. Hey, Coach. I appreciate you 
picking me up today. Here's a cup of coffee. I bought you a little, little Thank Java. Thank you. God, what, is it six yet? I think it's like 545. It's a bit early. Yeah, uh, it, it's a bit early, but, you know, we're headed to camp because why? You know why. What's out there waiting for us? The worms. The worms are out there, and what are we? <laughs> the early birds. You know. I mean, I am on cloud nine uh, after the win last week, and God, we needed it. We needed that so bad. I'm, I'm so proud of my guys, L. Jack and the rest, for really, um, you know, using the mint like rocket fuel. I mean, it was... What happened to your car? Oh, my God. I, I get in my car this morning. I, I turn the ignition. There's this terrible sound, just like... Yeah, I don't know. Who's, who's under my hood, I'm thinking? And I don't dare lift it. The only thing I can think of is that a family of ducks, mallards. We've had a lot of mallards in our neighborhood lately. And um, I don't think it's a pretty sight in that engine, but it disabled the car. So at, you know, 5.30 in the morning, I'm having to call you for a lift. And uh, I really appreciate you being being there for me, Coach. Put, put your seatbelt on. Oh, sorry about that. <clears throat> yeah, I'm a stickler for the rules. I like that. That's why I hired you. Oh, come on. What, oh, what happened there? Be careful. Christ. The last thing I need is to get into a fender bender on the way to camp. Um, by the way, I've been hearing some rumblings. I don't know what to do about this, and, and I hope it doesn't reach the team, but apparently some of the other teams are complaining that that, uh, that I'm sleeping with one of the other owners. Are you? Well, I am. <laughs> of course, I'm married. I mean, <laughs> my wife's in the league. What am I going to do? Sleep in the guest, guest room for the entire season? But, um, no, there's no cahoots going on there. I mean, if if we were in bed together on trades and deals, I'd have a lot better team than I do, I'll tell you that much. But uh, that, that'll blow over. I'm not too worried about that. Speaking of trades, actually, uh, I got one in the hopper. I'm speaking uh, with another general manager later today, and uh, I think I got him on the hook. I think I got him on the hook big for a trade in our favor. It's actually a two-for-one trade, and... Uh, you know, he's, uh, I'm praying on his weakness, so we're going to see how that works out. Did I tell you last week that um, we have a deal brewing with uh, Brock's, the candy company? No. Um, Brock's is interested in uh, producing Lobo's mints and putting them on store shelves. Interesting. Yeah, and, um, you know, that's above my pay grade, Coach, so I've handed that off to our to our COO, our business wing, but, um, you know, we're hoping that'll happen. You know what? It's, I don't think it'll be in time for Halloween, but my dream would, would be that some kid, you know, dressed as a 19th century president comes to my door, a knocking, and what do I give him? I don't give him candy corn. I give him Lobo's mints, right? I mean, how thrilled is he going to be? I stopped listening. He'll put a mint under his pillow, I'll tell you that. The dollar bill is gone. You know, it used to be you put a dollar bill under your pillow, uh, or rather you hoped for one when, when you had a tooth out or something like that. But Tuesday afternoon, 1.30 p.m., Lobo's headquarters conference room. Hello? Michael. Greg. Hey, hey, we're, calling, uh, we're calling from Lobo's headquarters here. Um, oh, yes. I got my whole team with me, my my A team. We um, we got Frank, of course. Uh, Billy's here. 
Karen and marketing, uh, Mad Russ from finance. We've got the whole team here. Appreciate you blocking off some time to talk to us because we've got a we've got a trade to propose that um, that I think is going to work for both uh, teams, and I, I I appreciate you being receptive to hearing that. How are you doing, by the way? Dad, when are you going to let somebody meet one of those people so we know they exist? <laughs> what are you talking? I could have invited you to Lobo's headquarters, but uh, I think you preferred to do it by phone. We could have been in the commissary right now having a beautiful brunch. Listen, I looked at your roster. You're very weak in the running back room, if you don't mind me saying that. And uh, mind. And um, I got a, a, a deal to propose to you, and I want you to hear it fairly because I think it really works for you. Um, All right, hurry up. I'm taking a shit. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's uh, too much information. All right. Your roster acquires Daryl Henderson Jr., a top 10 running back. And uh, in exchange, I get your tight end, Logan Thomas, and the kicker, Graham Gano. I think that's a beautiful deal for both squads. Um, and I, my, all my people here are nodding like bobbleheads. They all agree with me. Yeah, it's such a great me, deal. Me and the rest of the league, we usually have this like thing where we don't trade with you just because your team usually sucks. Well... <laughs> My team uh, is poised right now, uh, locked and loaded. The Lobos are coming off a um, a 59-point victory, but uh, I don't need to tell you that because uh, it was the talk of the league last week when the Lobos roared back. And listen, I'm not going to... I'm not going to justify this trade offer. I thought you'd be more receptive to it, being the smart owner you are. But uh, we can uh, we can stop wasting each other's times uh, time if if uh, if you're simply not interested, or perhaps you have a counter proposal you'd like to make. You got you Koo on your team. I don't like Young Ho Koo. Damn right, he's a wonderful kicker. But uh, I'm trying. As a matter of fact, I'll throw in Koo. Uh, okay, that's a coup for you, C O U P. That I will throw in my coup, K O O. Okay, you you run a hard bargain. All of a sudden, the deal is uh, you get Henderson and Koo, one of the top kickers in the league, and I get Logan Thomas and Graham Gano, Graham Cracker Gano. How about, about Henderson and Koo for Gano? Oh, that's not going to work. Come on. Henderson, Henderson, Koo, Elliott for Gano. Listen, GM to GM, kickers are a dime a dozen. Okay? You flip them like cards. Uh, Logan Thomas is a player... That, uh, that we've had an eye on for a long time. We scouted him extensively prior to the PFPI draft. Who is we? My team. Look, I can't help it. Oh, you're going to act like you're saying hi to them in the background. Hi, Karen. I can't help it if the Lobos are the most well-organized machine, front office machine in PFPI history. Oh, yeah. Uh, see, I mean, I'm telling you, you're, you're sitting on the can. I'm sitting on can-do. That's what I'm doing. That's the difference between the Lobos and every other league. Are you interested in this trade or not? I'm not. All right, we have nothing else to say. We'll see you uh, We'll see you in the championship game. All right, we're excited coming off that big Lobos win, aren't we? Gee whiz, how about that? Can't wait for week three. Now, thank you all, Pod family, for joining us. Had a great time today. Uh, Hope you did too. And uh, we're going to see you all back here next week. You know, one of my pet peeves is what's that doing this podcast with you. I don't think you mean that. (laughs) (laughs) 
when you're going to the bank every week, you don't believe that. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> 